Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm John McEnroe, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Hi, my name is Grigor Dimitrov, and you're listening to Tennis Podcast. Hi, I'm Mats Vilander, and you are listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, hello, and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. My name is David Law. Alongside me is Catherine Whitaker. We sit inside a virtually deserted O2 arena, less than an hour after Novak Djokovic won the title here for a fourth time in a row. That's a record. Nobody's ever done that before. He's won five titles in total now. He defeated Roger Federer in straight sets in the final, it was pretty much what we've been seeing all year. Roger Federer playing well in parts, competing at times, but ultimately Novak Djokovic just too good. And it is one of the greatest tennis seasons I think we have ever seen. But Catherine Whitaker, while we ponder what we've just seen, we'll get on to the final here in a moment or two and the tennis we've seen over the past week. We're also looking ahead, hopefully, to a Davis Cup final. The big issue at the moment is... Obviously, the world has changed over the last 10 days or so. Our last tennis podcast was recorded just shortly before the Paris attacks unfolded and all the terror and tragedy that that involved. And now there is a cloud hanging over Belgium, which is, of course, where the Davis Cup final is due to take place in Ghent. There are security concerns. And at the moment, the British team certainly is intending to travel tomorrow as we record on Sunday night. But it is certainly a concerning situation at the moment with Brussels, as we speak, in lockdown. Of, of course it is. I mean, I'm not... Uh, of course, at the moment, the world feels like a very different place. Whether it in reality is that different, you know, will we'll come to bear in, in the weeks to come, I think... I find it, of course, everybody finds it incredibly difficult, but it makes me think about the discussion we had immediately after the US Open final when I, you know, in all of the awe at what an occasion it was and, and what a fantastic tennis match it was and the result and Djokovic's performance, etc., etc. My overriding feeling, which I said on the podcast afterwards, was just what a wonderful thing 
sport is and how important sport is and just that it sort of overrides everything and and I think I talked about how you know when terrible things happen in the world which they inevitably do all the time and it seems with increasing frequency and you know you hear somebody come over the radio saying you know obviously our this sporting event happening today isn't important in contrast to you know all the terrible things that are going on in the world well I I, I always feel what they actually mean to say is the result isn't important but the existence of sport and our enjoyment of it and our passion for it is almost more important and I don't think it takes away from any of our um, solemnness and respect and and the poignancy of what's going on for us to take even more refuge almost in sport so to to have the feeling that these terrible things might impinge on sport to the extent that the Davis Cup final I mean who knows what could happen be cancelled be postponed whatever for me is is a really really terrible thing and and I desperately hope it doesn't happen well, certainly I think we all would share that viewpoint in terms of hoping that it can go ahead, but most importantly, that it can go ahead safely. With all the people that are going over there, the players, the teams, the organisers, the media, the spectators, everybody travelling to, to Brussels, you want to make sure as much as you possibly can that everybody is going to be safe when that takes place. So let's just keep our fingers crossed that things do settle down and that uh, everything can go ahead as it is planned to do so. Now, the O2 Arena has seen another edition of the ATP Finals, Catherine, over the last week. And, uh, well, it just feels a little bit like Groundhog Day, really, doesn't it? It does. It's like the Federer years except it's the Djokovic years I mean I'm, I I hate these podcasts that we record David while stadiums are being taken down around our ears I as I've said on the podcast before I always feel like there should be a, a period of mourning around after following tennis events before they actually physically start taking down the whole thing but no I mean not a moment passes before they they physically start dismantling every seat and part of the stadium we're witnessing it where their eyes but yeah I mean it was fascinating today the contrast between today the Federer Djokovic match today in the final and the match in the round robin stage I mean I was here on the day they played um in the round robin stages and I spoke to Barry Cowan uh Sky Sports commentator and and pundit and he said with absolute surety Federer is going to win tonight in the round robin stages, a stage match. He said Federer is going to win tonight because the thing that's made the difference in their matches of late is the big points. Federer has not played the big points well. He is, dare we say it, it feels wrong to say it about the, the possible greatest of all time, but he has choked in a lot of their biggest matches on the big points. And in the round robin stages, he had nothing to lose. That was Barry's argument. And my goodness me, was he right? because he played those big points brilliantly in the round-robin match, and he won in straight sets, and it was phenomenal. And tonight, it was a completely different story. He did have opportunities, and I think he comes onto court, Federer, against Novak Djokovic, and he thinks he has to play a completely different style of tennis to how he does against anybody else. He thinks he has to take chances every single point, and when it really counts, the chances don't pay off, do they? No, they don't, certainly in the big finals. And I think that the other thing to say about that round-robin versus final 
experience that we've seen over the last week where Djokovic was beaten in straight sets in the round robin and then turned the tables and did the same to Federer in the final is he is a different beast in a final. It, it really is the case now that in terms of big match play, he's the best in the world by far, even better. I mean, I just think he's a better tennis player at the moment anyway than Nadal, to be quite honest. Even though Nadal has certainly shown major strides, his level of tennis is just not as high, particularly on this surface. But there's no better big match player now than Novak Djokovic. And I think in recent years, even as great as he was, I wouldn't have been able to say that about him. No, I think that's absolutely true. And then I also think that feeds into the mindset of Roger Federer. When he steps out against Djokovic in a final, he knows... I mean, there were several points out there tonight where Federer... It was laughable. He had to win the point brilliantly on about seven occasions because Djokovic... I mean, to say he got it back is completely reductive. He got it back with knobs on. He got... You know, Federer, you have to hit eight winners in a rally to actually physically win a point. And I think... That big match play mentality of Djokovic and how strong he is. I mean, strong doesn't feel like a strong enough word. I mean, what are the words for just how um, impermeable Djokovic is? Um, Yeah, I think that plays into the mindset of Roger Federer and he he stepped onto that court today thinking, I've I've got to do too much and, and sort of went for too much and it didn't come off and... Djokovic was a very worthy winner. Sure was. Mind-blowing year of tennis that Novak Djokovic has put together. Five losses all year. And we've, we seem to have been saying five losses for weeks now because he just doesn't lose. But, you know, it, it, the only final he didn't get to was the first one of the year. We talked about that last week. And it is hard to see how anybody can turn this around in the near future. Of course, everybody will go away for an off-season, regroup, come back out, and maybe they'll be able to make it competitive. I suspect that may well not be the case. What are the standout moments have we had so far this week? I think, for me, one of them would certainly be the fact that Nadal has looked more like Nadal. Absolutely. That's been the the most prominent secondary storyline. So, you know, obviously... The narrative running throughout this week and the whole sort of latter part, if not the whole season, is Djokovic's brilliance. That's sort of a given in tennis at the moment. The most prominent secondary storyline has been absolutely Nadal this week. And you picked it, David. I didn't pick him to come through the group stages. I got it completely wrong. Well, say that again. I was absolutely not saying it twice, David. I mean, just hold your horses. Uh, I got it completely wrong. And I'm pleased I got it completely wrong. I'm delighted to see... Uh, Nadal defy my doubts of him because, and I think the tennis world is even if you're not specifically a Nadal fan I think there's so much warmth of feeling towards him and just you can see the sinews in his body straining to try and get back even close to where he was you can see the effort he's putting in and and the respect everyone I mean he, he doesn't need it he's got 14 grand he'll always be considered one of the greats he's got enough money to bathe in for the rest of his life I think everybody has enormous respect for everything that he's putting in just to have the slightest chance of getting back to where he was so to see him make a small stride in that direction I think 
um, has been a great thing this week. How big a stride it is. I mean, it's difficult to tell at this stage of the season, is it? I guess, I mean, I think the real test will be on clay next year, really. That's when you really see the measure of him. But, uh, because if he comes out suddenly and he's the old Nadal... Djokovic, you know, he may never win that French Open. How ridiculous would that be if, if Djokovic retired without a French Open? Well, I don't see that happening. I really don't. But, I mean, reflecting now is the moment, I guess, to reflect on the season as a whole. And I, although I completely agree, you know, about Djokovic, this has been one, one of the best seasons any single tennis player has ever had. You know, a couple of Federer seasons would compete. John McEnroe, 1984, you know, there's, there are contenders, but I, this has to be right up there. But I think, almost as a compliment to that fact, I think the single most outstanding performance in a match this year was Stan Wawrinka in the French Open final. And I hope that that's seen as, as a sign of respect to Novak Djokovic. And I don't mean that to detract from his brilliance. What I mean it is, I think that will be viewed in hindsight as all the more brilliant a performance when in the context of Djokovic's brilliance this year, that is what it took to beat Novak Djokovic at his, at his best. And I don't, I, I, there aren't words for how what that took from Sam Vavrinka. Yeah, it was an otherworldly performance from Stan Vavrinka. Um, interesting question here from Hugh, who actually says, "Do you think that the world number two at the end of the 2016 might well be Nadal?" Do you know? I could, I could see that. Could be, yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't have said that before this week. So that's probably a marker of how significant I think this week has been for him. You know, I remember in Mallorca, the Champions Tour event I covered in Mallorca, every single legend that was there, without exception, said the this most significant thing for Nadal right now is to get wins over top players. That's what he hasn't done since his comeback. And he got three of them this week, three emphatic ones this week. And that's... That's food for his soul, isn't it? It's, that's exactly what he's needed. And yet, One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking. And I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. 
Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. He fell hugely short against Novak Djokovic, but, you know, who hasn't been? So I'm not necessarily predicting it. Hugh, was it Hugh? Yeah, Hugh, he's Um, a regular. He's a regular. Sorry, Hugh. Um, I'm not necessarily predicting it, but I don't think that's uh, an outlandish prediction by any means. Hyde also on at Tennis Podcast on Twitter says, are people having knee-jerk reactions to Djokovic's season? Remember Nadal after 2013 and how dominant he was. That's not a bad point. It was only two years ago that Nadal won the French Open and won the US Open and was the dominant player. Yeah, But I feel differently when I see players step onto court against Djokovic. I mean, when I saw Roger Federer, okay, so he's world number three at the moment. But I mean, so he's been the world number two for the majority of this season. When I saw him step onto the court against Djokovic today, I, I didn't really deep down give him much of a chance. And I didn't feel that way about Djokovic against his near rivals in 2013. Yes, he was dominant and brilliant and outstanding and wonderful in every way but against his near rivals the number two in the world number three in the world number four in the world it felt more competitive than the equivalent now you know Andy Murray against Novak Djokovic hasn't latterly felt like that big of a contest has it no it hasn't it's 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 an interesting one isn't it I, I think I did a voice report on five live after the final tonight in which I said you know here we are with three of well, certainly two of the greatest players of all time, and Andy Murray, who who is just a wonderful tennis player, and they're just being utterly dominated. It, it, I have to keep repeating it to believe it. You know, it's such a uh, an outlandish thing to to feel as though you're saying. Um, now, a couple of other questions at Tennis Podcast. Rashad says, "Can you give guys give a, a definitive opinion on whether Djokovic has faced tougher competition than Federer did in his prime?" I certainly don't think we can give a definitive uh, verdict on that. Uh, it, My it, personal opinion would be that his competition is tougher than Federer's in his prime. That doesn't mean that Federer is an inferior player or that his his record was in any way diminished. But I do think it elevates Djokovic for me, ahead of him just in terms of accomplishment, for that period at least? I think so. I mean, firstly, I'm uh, greatly complimented by the mere suggestion that we might be able to say something remotely definitive on the tennis, as if we are the definitive voice on anything. That's, uh, I mean, probably unjustified, but thank you. The definitive voice (laughs) is on usually getting predictions wrong. (laughs) Not this week, though. I think we came out pretty much on as even this week, David. Yeah, I think we did. I think we both got it right. Check back and listen. Um, what do I think? I think, I mean, the nature of sport is progress, right? I mean, you can't compare. I think that's why you can't compare the generations. I mean, you you see pundits recoil, you know, when Mats Volander is asked about comparisons between generations, he recoils because it's just 
not possible. Of course, Rod Laver would get thrashed to pieces by Djokovic now, but, you know, things change, things progress. I do. If think you stuck a wooden racket in Djokovic's hands, that might be different. Might you, if you stuck them back, that would be good, wouldn't it? Let's see if we can have a time-travelling Grand Slam tournament on the surface of your choice, Catherine. Uh, stick all these players in together using the same equipment, you know, half midway between their eras. You do love a hypothetical, don't you, David? What Who's I'm, winning? What I'm saying is that, I mean, I think Roger Federer is a better tennis player now than he's ever been. I mean, I think, I do think he's got that issue with the big points against Novak Djokovic. I do think, you know, I'm going to use the C word again. I do think feels like blasphemy with Federer, but I do think he chokes in those those big points on the big occasions. But I do think he's basically a better tennis player. I think he's progress, been progressing all of his career. So if you look at it in that context, Djokovic is dominating Roger Federer better than he was at his best. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any contest, but I also don't think that that's a necessarily fair comparison to make because I think sport is always progressing that's you know it's like taking a figure skater from the 1940s and saying well you can't do a quadruple so you're not going to win anything I mean it's progress isn't it that's the nature of sport you know every bit of brilliance from an individual moves sport as a whole and tennis as a whole on for everyone Lindsay says will Roger Federer retire if he wins Olympic gold in 2016 no, he won't retire. He, he's loving it, isn't he? He's enjoying himself. He's not going to retire. He's going to retire when he's good and ready. And that's when he no longer either enjoys it or he no longer feels he can actually compete at the, the highest level and maybe win one of these big ones. Well, he said in his speech tonight with absolute certainty to all the crowd inside this O2 Arena, I'll see you next year. 17,500 witnesses plus millions back home. And he's been saying it all year, with without a hesitation in his voice, to all the crowds, I will see you next year. Um, so I, I really don't think so. I have heard the rumours that he will be playing mixed doubles with Martina Hingis, though, which I blimmin' love, love those rumours. Absolutely. Maybe we should get them to play against us too. What do you think? <laughs> Crikey, David, set your standards a bit, <laughs> a bit lower, why don't you? Okay then, all right, well we'll face uh, David Levy and Gigi Salmon, who are obviously regulars on the tennis podcast, and both of them are absolutely rubbish, so we've got a chance, Catherine. Uh, now, I feel like I should stick up for Gigi, I've not seen her play, she might be brilliant, I mean, I've, sorry Dave, I've seen you play a little bit, but Gigi gets my benefit of the doubt. Yeah, fair point. Uh, uh, just a word on a t- an, an event that happened the weekend before this tournament started, which I have to... Hold my hand up and say it was very remiss of us not to to bring it up at the time. The Fed Cup final, which was a fantastic final of tennis. I I was totally engrossed in it the whole weekend. I can't remember why I completely forgot to put it in our talking points a a, a week and a bit ago. But anyway, I did. But it was fabulous, wasn't it? Utterly fabulous. Utterly fabulous. And it did... as you said on Twitter at the time, it whet the appetite for the Davis Cup final because it was the most wonderful demonstration of how how brilliantly this sport can be transferred into a team sport. If that was ever doubted, that tennis can be a wonderfully successful team sport. I mean, that is just the perfect advert. Both high-quality tennis 
and, you know, atmosphere and emotion. And I loved seeing Maria Sharapova in the team environment. That was interesting, wasn't it? She was really worked up and, I mean, she gave everything. She produced a couple of fabulous victories and, and you could see what it meant to her. Yeah, you could. I mean, I think, I think it would be um, probably a bit naive to think that at the outset her motivation for playing in the Fed Cup wasn't the fact that the rules have changed from the ITF and you have to play a certain number of Fed Cup ties now to be eligible to compete for your country in the Olympics. So I think at the outset that was her motivation. She wants to be able to to play, represent Russia at the Olympics and I think that's a perfectly admirable goal. But I think once she got there, once she started competing for a country and experiencing that team environment, boy did she care and boy did she get into it. And I think... That, it was brilliant to see her like that. I mean, she's almost the ultimate individual athlete, isn't isn't she? She disappears into her own world. She does that thing where she walks to the back of the court after every point just to disappear into her own little world for a split second before returning to the point in the arena in the atmosphere. And to see her completely consumed in a team environment yet still committing every ounce of herself to it was wonderful. I want to see more of it. Yeah, no, it was really something to behold. It wasn't enough, though. Czech Republic won that Fed Cup on home soil. Fabulous scenes and wonderful play, actually, from Karolina Pliskova. And I, I, I do wonder now whether she will be buoyed by that the way that Novak Djokovic was when he won the Davis Cup a few years ago, change her schedule, which she clearly needs to do. She's played too much this year. I don't think she quite expected the amount of success she's had, the amount of matches she would win and end up having to play as a result of that. But I think she's one to watch out for next year, even more so. Oh, my goodness me, is she the real deal? I mean, I remember uh, the Doha WTA event uh, earlier this year. She came into it on the brink of the top 10, and uh, she hovered around there for a while. And I was very surprised not to see her break into the top 10 this year. I mean, her serve is enormous. Her movement perhaps isn't isn't the best but there have been plenty of of models in the women's game of of people with that big hitting game that don't have the best movement that can flourish you know Lindsay Davenport you know a Venus Williams even probably slightly inferior movement to Venus Williams but I mean she should be in that top 10 and I think you've hit the nail on the head I think her her season and her schedule looked ill-planned in hindsight but it was planned when she was way down the rankings you know as I made a point a couple of podcasts ago you're playing a lot more matches when you're winning and you know playing week in week out when you're losing second round means only playing a couple of matches a week but when you're getting to the semis and final it's it suddenly means playing four or five matches a week and that's a completely different proposition so I expect she'll approach the tour in a completely different way this year and I would be surprised if it didn't pay dividends because she's got the game indeed I'm already looking forward to 2016, aren't you? Crikey, yes. Yeah, I mean... It's coming not too far away now. It's November. We're sitting inside the O2 Arena, and I tell you what, we're going to have to go, you know, because people are looking at us, the people who are breaking this place to pieces, taking the seats off the, the stairways here in front of us. There's still the ticker tape on the blue court that Novak Djokovic was sprinkled with after he lifted the trophy here and the fireworks were going off, but the place is being taken apart. The tennis season, the ATP tennis season, the WTA tennis seasons have come to an end, Catherine Whitaker. And, well, we just hope that we still have a Davis Cup final for everybody to enjoy safely and securely.
Well, well said. And uh, my heart goes out to the man or woman that has to go and hoover up all this ticker tape. That's all I can think about. I'm going to be kept awake at night tonight. Did you not know that they said that uh, in order for us to record this podcast sitting here, that's your job? (laughs) There's not enough money. I just hope the man or woman doing that is being paid a lot of money, but I, I dreadfully fear that they're not because... There's a lot of ticker tape here, and it's going to take a very powerful hoover. Certainly is. Now, I think on that note, we will bid you good night here from the O2 Arena here on the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. We will have further shows, we hope, from the Davis Cup final. I'm certainly due to be there for BBC Radio 5 Live. Catherine? I've just seen the huge red illuminated signs going around the arena, David, saying the O2 Arena is currently a hard hat only area. Right, I'm off. Uh, uh, Folks, it's been lovely to speak to you. We're off. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.